Hello, and welcome back to Remake Hot Take, the podcast where we play studio executives pitching remake ideas of our favorite and new media. I'm Maria Schwarz. And I'm Brooke Reese. And this week we are doing the 2005 movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. There's a lot of buzz right now about the new series that came out on, I think, February 2nd on Prime. Um, Amazon Prime, the new kind of iteration of a 2020 version, 2024 version of um, these two kind of characters. So we thought we'd take it back to the original 2005 movie and see what our thoughts were before maybe looking at the series. Do you have plans on watching the series or did this uh, movie kind of deter you? <laughs> I have no plans in general. Okay, so just like five-year goals you don't have those. These aren't included in them. <laughs> no, I don't believe so. Um, and it's not like I'm like a like in the moment, like <laughs> taking the world by storm. It's just like I exist. So we'll okay. see. Um, did you watch the series? I watched the first three quarters of an episode. Wow, of the that series. good, huh? Yeah. Um. It, it it was okay. I I was like a fan of the 2005 movie with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I think I first watched it like with my mom like in 2008 or something, which is kind of an awkward movie to watch with your mom. There's a lot of sexual tension, but you know, Deb and I were okay with it. We we managed to skirt around any awkwardness. Um, but I remember watching it pretty young and then it's one of those movies that I've watched every couple of years and um and really liked. I do think it's it's like a a really good comedy. I feel like there are a lot of good one-liners and uh for 2005 I feel like we had like a 10-year time period where there were a lot of these like spy movies and I'm a spy movie girl. Like we we covered Spy Kids. Love that. Well, isn't this just Spy Kids before the kids? Like, this is literally how they yeah. meet. Yeah, it is. It's Spy Kids Before the Kids, but much more violent and much sexier. I feel like I've well, never like seen... You, like, I think they conceived Carmen in that house before it blows <laughs> up. I no, think we saw what happened. I feel like Angelina Jolie has an IUD. Like, nothing, <laughs> nothing is getting past Jane Smith, including Brad Pitt's sperm. <laughs> like, yeah. she seems like a woman who is in charge of the situation, including her own birth control and birth plan. So I feel like, I feel like Carmen Elizabeth something Cortez, <laughs> she was not made you that can't, You can't do the password. <laughs> Carmen Elizabeth Cornito Esta It's like Cabalado. me and that, no, that's, no, that's me at Thermopolis. <laughs> me and Thermopolis Rinaldi. <laughs> Princess of Genovia. <laughs> you can't do the password either, Mari. <laughs> What um, is with what? I mean, yeah, because I was, I mean, Spy Kids was kind of Disney. Was it Disney? I don't remember. But the long, the long name thing, because that was like Princess Diaries, Spy Kids, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. It doesn't have anything to do with the movie that we're talking about. Um, But um, yeah, you liked the movie growing up and that is good. Um, And we'll get back into it. <laughs> but yes, I did like this movie growing up. Um, was this a first time watch for you? Yes, ma'am. I had seen like, like a little 
scene or something on TV, but I think I had only seen like the sex scene. And I think I, like I had come across that on like cable when they're like making out in the house or whatever. And mm -hmm. I was like, maybe not for me. <laughs> um, I was a child. So maybe an awakening of sorts. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what were your overall impressions then seeing it in full for the first time? Um, it was interesting. I mean, I'd always heard about it because on those little like maps where they have like the top movie from, from every state, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is, um, is, is Virginia's, hmm. um, which I don't even know if they actually established, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like you have like the colonial style houses, which mm -hmm. is like very common and like close to DC or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting. And also with like the cultural um, phenomenon understanding of like the start of Brangelina. So mm -hmm. it's like, I didn't really fully get that hype, but like, I can imagine what it was like. Um, but I mean, it was, it was fine. It was like, like I was watching like the, the big twist, you know, that the, um, the agencies are against each other. Like I called it, I was like, why the fuck would a, a customer hire two agencies? Like, why would that be an effective way to kill someone? <laughs> and I was like, why aren't you guys paying attention to the fact that it was a setup and then it was a setup? Um, so basically, um, I could be an assassin maybe, um, <laughs> Which honestly, I mean, like looking at, I mean, thank you for normalizing therapy for right from the beginning, mm -hmm. but also like, I wonder if they're paying out of pocket or if it's covered um, by their jobs, which like, is that sad that an assassin's healthcare is maybe better than mine? Um, <laughs> and in that case, like maybe it could be something worth going into, um, like, I don't know, maybe I'd kill someone for some dental. I don't know. You know, you're, you're like, what are the benefits? Right? <laughs> like, do I get a 401k? Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like if any like job should have built in behavioral health benefits, assassin's a good one because I feel mm -hmm. like they have like a lot of emotional well, things to deal with. <laughs> but I feel like you also don't want them talking to anyone. Well, I feel like a therapist, it's like confidential. They, it, It's like a therapist that also works for mm. the assassin group you know like they, the, they know the, the deal they're actually the therapist is just their cover <laughs> they're also an assassin <laughs> they and are they're not trained at also all also an assassin <laughs> no no I feel, I feel like they're trained they're trained they like took a couple psych classes mm. they have like an online degree or you know whatever bare minimum they qualifications the show psych <laughs> yeah they've heard a couple better help ads <laughs> and uh they're good to go but yeah I I will say that there was also like <clears throat> I feel like a couple of movies that come to mind that have this like framing device of like a therapist or like I was thinking of like when Harry met Sally where the framing device is like these like couples interviews and stuff and that goes throughout the whole movie I feel like that that was definitely more popular like 90s 2000s kind of a thing we don't see it too much nowadays um, but I do like the therapist framing device mm -hmm. and you were talking about the like cultural phenomenon of this movie. I did like a lot of like just Googling the other day, like the other day when I watched this, um, 
because I guess so I guess friends ended in 2004 and we have we have time stamps (laughs) yeah I'm gonna lay out the timeline here so Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston had been married for about five years or so I think and um he was filming this movie with uh Angelina Jolie like 2004 came out in 2005 and friends ended in 2004 and Jennifer Aniston was stating you know 20 years later I think she gave an interview where she was like well Angelina and Brad you know doing this movie was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back because it was kind of the ultimate like end to our marriage but she did say in Angelina's defense that their marriage was kind of already like broken and had kind of already fallen apart and Mm -hmm. in like 2004 like he wasn't there for her when friends had ended and that was like a major obviously like shift for her she wasn't going into that job with that cast and those friends every day and he like wasn't there for her and then I think another part that she said in this interview later on was that they like had wanted kids and she wasn't able to have kids or something so it was like just the final push to the grave for their marriage, but it was a huge like cultural scandal at this time and the the start of the Bradgelina. Um, but it was crazy. So this movie came out like early Did you say 2000- Bradgelina? Isn't that what what was that? Isn't that their Brangelina? Oh, Brangelina. <laughs> okay, sorry. Brad gets his full ass name in there. <laughs> it was an unequal marriage. Uh Brangelina, yeah. I'm sort pretty of... sure, right? That makes more sense. It didn't Wait, feel I right. To see how it's spelled. That makes more sense. It didn't feel right when it was flowing <laughs> off of my tongue. Okay. So it was the start of uh Brangelina and um, people like people magazines like tabloids just went fucking crazy but I think this movie was released like early 2005 and mm-hmm. then by like end like fall 2005 they Brad and Jennifer Aniston had divorced and then he adopted Angelina Jolie's one child like they moved fast like he's mm-hmm. he is the dad that stepped up um, but then, of course, no. And then, of course, we find out later that he did not step up because he was apparently very bad dad. It was apparently, I don't know all of the details, but I think they, you know, finally got married. And then after like two years of marriage, I think in like 2015 or 2016 or something, um, they separated and then were trying to file for divorce. But it's, you know, I don't think we know the explicit sordid details because... Angelina is kind of a private person it seems like she seems very mm-hmm. much like not in like I don't know she seems like a A-list Hollywood kind of person that has such an elevated status that like you'll never catch her in a paparazzi photo like you'll never catch her having sharing anything that she does not want like explicitly shared so well that's that that's that Nepo baby they have that experience yeah they, know they how to work the system they do um, know how to work but the yeah system. I and then I think like he's now dating someone who's like half his age, and I feel like no yeah. matter what 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 comes out, I feel like that tells me what I need to know. Yeah, I think unfortunately, like the rumors are that he has like a pretty bad like alcoholism mm-hmm. and other maybe addictions, and that that kind of led him to be like a pretty like verbally maybe even physically abusive like partner and dad. So thankfully she got out of there 
um, when the kids, I think they were still fairly young, but I know that like almost all of his kids kind of speak out against him and then also speak like in favor of Angelina's character and say that she's basically like an amazing mom. So that's good to hear. And I think they have like a couple adopted children and then a couple biological children together. So quite a large family, but yeah. So that's like the beginning and the end of the Brangelina, formerly known as Bradgelina, <laughs> by by Brooke and Brooke alone. And this is like where they met, right? I, I think like so. They, yeah. So I think this is like the actual start of the relationship. They, I think they said that they never like hooked up during the making of this film, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Things looked steamy. Well, I will say know. that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now the cultural phenomenon surrounding it. Was there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about with the movie? We talked a little bit about the framing device with the therapist and it's just, you know, part of the comedy where they, um, you know, constantly jump back into like this very awkward setting in the beginning. I just love the contrast between like the first therapy session and the very last therapy session And it's interesting because, you know, the entire idea, right, is that they do ultimately, like, love each other. Like, they're two people Mm -hmm. that were kind of, one of the references that I like is that it's kind of playing off this idea that the two of them are, like, playing house a lot. And we see them kind of both acting these roles, but they did have that initial kind of spark where they do both love each other in some way. And then I like the how the idea of, like, playing house is, like reiterated again when they end up in this kind of like Ikea like like department store and that's kind of where this final battle is and I thought it was funny I was like oh it's so funny it's like they're playing house again like they're putting on the clothes of the mannequins and they're in like the kitchen department like fighting for their lives um but this time they're like a unified pair that truly loves each other and now that they're able to have like actual conversations with each other they're finally on the same page but yeah that contrast between the third the first therapy visit where they're like how many times do you have sex a week and they're like so awkward <laughs> and then the last one where brad pitt uh brad pitt's character john smith is like ask a sex question <laughs> he's like ask it again and i'm like oh my god that's such like a dude answer to that mm-hmm. um but they clearly have so much more chemistry at the end so yeah, yeah. what about I you the play of like gender was really interesting of like I don't know, like that first time that they're meeting or whatever. I don't even know. I, I don't know if that was still on the first time meeting or if it was later on when they go to like the fair or whatever and compete in that mm-hmm. little like shooting game or whatever. Like she's so much better at hiding that she's yeah, she obsessed than he is because he is just like so like I want to show off kind of thing. And then like I thought it was interesting that like <laughs> obviously – he's he's the guy so his secret spy stuff is in the sh- the garage yeah the shed and hers is in the oven um but then like kind of playing with um like why do I get the girl gun and all of that stuff and like who she actually is but also her agency was like so much better than his it is and- she clearly has such a better job like his is in like I don't even know some like 
did it show like, that he outside? has to like outsource to like the genius bar when he wants his stuff his like computer yeah. equipment and it's investigated like a, like a hundred year old secretary at the front desk mm-hmm. and then it, it kind of implies that um Angelina Jolie's Jane Smith's company is kind of like a Charlie's Angel situation like it's all mm-hmm. like women spies and then they get like a message from someone that they call like father or something mm-hmm. um which feels a little weird but yeah she is definitely like if if it were like a traditional like marriage she is she is the breadwinner mm-hmm. <laughs> by far she is bringing in the money and I think we I, can see Brad Pitt's insecurity from that fact. I would petition for Mrs. and Mr. Smith. True. We should <laughs> we should flip that. Right. <laughs> she she has more power. And yeah, I think she is just like all in all a better spy. He's very chaotic and mm-hmm. he seems like a man that loves his job. Like <laughs> he 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 truly is having just a fantastic time. But I, well, like, I I feel like with her missions, like she has a plan going in. She has like tools to get out. He just like walks into a room <laughs> and sees what happens. It just feels like, I don't know, not the best. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want him to handle any like major tasks, mm-hmm. you know, like any major missions, anything that involves. He could involves... kill a bug. Like, we'll task him to kill, kill I a just bug. don't want him involved in, like, matters of national security. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, any, like, minor threats, he's got it. He's got it covered, and he's uh, definitely an agent of chaos. But isn't that just, like, another another veiled metaphor for how life works for like oh a good-looking white man he doesn't need a plan he just shows up and everything works out for him (laughs) but Angelina has to meticulously get everything in line um but yeah it's probably not that deep at all (laughs) but if we're thinking metaphorically about this uh very not serious movies hidden meanings I was also surprised to see how many like actresses are in this like we have like emma swan from um once upon a time was one of the other assassin ladies Mm. i also don't know like does anyone else assassin or is it just our main characters (laughs) i feel like they're the only ones who actually do any of the killing and everyone else is like on the ground um or like in the the guy in the chair um and then we also have like carrie washington which i Mm. i don't know i was like surprised to see also like they've marked and I, I can't tell if this is later on but I was on the Wikipedia page and like Carrie Washington is starring and I'm like she was not in that that much I'm like was that added after like she got bigger or like yeah. I don't know I felt like uh what's Vince Vaughn or whatever was in there at least more than she was yeah that's funny they went in retroactively um, there was also Dave from Gilmore Girls. Um, mm. I don't know that actor's name. He's like kind of like has a bit of a cult following on Twitter. <laughs> who, is, um, who is he playing? He plays the guy that is from, I don't know where he's from, like some other agency. He's the one that's the bait that he gets oh, his like first assignment. He's, um, he's married to um, Leighton Meester. From, oh. from Gossip Girl or whatever. I think it's Gossip Girl. Yeah. 
Oh, Adam Brody. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. who it is. He plays um yeah, he's the bait from like the the lowly assistant that has to sit there and get attempted murder <laughs> from both spy parties. Um but yeah, so a couple of like people who weren't weren't yet in their prime, weren't yet famous that were starring in this. Um but yeah, I will say like I just think that two people have never looked hotter. Like they looked really good <laughs> in this I movie. Just, I also like during like the sex scenes or stuff or the aftermath of the sex scenes. Like I know it's supposed to be like hot or like they're like they're rolling with the punches or whatever. But I was like, why are we barefoot with glass everywhere? Like I was just like, just because you're hot doesn't mean you can't be killed. Also, like a bulletproof vest and like <laughs> 20 machine guns i highly doubt that they actually got out of there alive that therapist was talking to ghosts i, I doubt it yeah i i feel like they're pretty optimistic and also like do they just stop being hunted it didn't really like go I into know. it what is like, next are, are the assassins on either side like so easily deterred <laughs> they were like oh guys they they got us in the IKEA like oh, that's I- IKEA's last stand. Then <laughs> they never touch them again. Well, so they actually they retire for a while, and then um they have one of their old friends Donigan actually go missing, and they have to go to Floops Fugly's castle yeah. to investigate. Don't forget they have a couple of kids mm-hmm. <laughs> in between that retirement time period too, and a fake brother uncle figure they become liaisons (laughs) um but yeah I thought there were just like a lot of very funny lines in there too I think one of my favorite scenes is like the car chase scene when they go in and grab the bait and then I feel like it's just like a really good glimpse at their relationship before that they basically only had like fake conversations and then when they have the sex scene, not much talking is happening. It's mostly just like like relief from this built-up tension of them walking around the house trying to kill each other. So this is the first time we really get to see them having like an extended period of of talking together. And he says, like, we have to redo every conversation we've ever had. And I think one of the funniest bits that they have is that Angelina Jolie is like an orphan. And she hired like two, she hired two different actors to play her parents for their wedding. And Brad Pitt's character is like, I can't believe I brought my real parents. Yeah. And he was like, I so swear. So art history major of him. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was invested in this. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. But scenes scene. like that, like they make me afraid to drive. Like I'm already bad at like trying to figure out how to pull over if like a cop comes up and needs to like get across what am I supposed to do when the Coleman's minivan is like hijacked raining towards you (laughs) what do I do in that situation driver's ed did not teach me shit I think you like realistically just like put on the flashers you know (laughs) slow down stop accelerating you know gently tap on the brakes to alert the the people (laughs) behind you and then just you know, let them let, let them do their thing. Plow through you. <laughs> I don't know. Try to try to merge off onto onto the edge there, but um, yeah, I I like that she gets like super pissed off when he was like, "Honey, 
I have something else to tell you. And he was like, I, I was married before. And she was like, Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston. <laughs> She's like, name and social security number. And he was like, Jennifer Aniston, 445 um, which is tragic. But I do think that's one of the funniest parts. And there was like also another bit in there where they're joking about like body count assassin versus like body count number of people that they've slept with. And I thought that was like a very funny, witty little take on that where they're talking about like, oh, how many? And if you weren't clued into the fact that they were assassins, you would think it was like number of people that they've slept with. And again, she's clearly better than him because he's like, oh, I think like 60 or 70 people or something. And she was like, 313 or something like that she's killed way more she's way more she keeps track like in her notes app like she's she's like three today it was a light (laughs) day at work (laughs) oh she has a little diary um I also I do feel like some of like the technology ages the movie like it was like I think it was supposed to be so like high tech when Brad Pitt like uses like a a voice activated password which I feel like is not (laughs) like if your if your password can be broken into by like an impressionist (laughs) from SNL I don't (laughs) think it's very good um but that was like high-tech spy gear and stuff before which is interesting yeah I will say that like they didn't have the I I don't know I feel like they're like props department could have had a little more time to come up with inventive (laughs) things because like the way that spy kids made me yearn for like an electricity like an electric gumball or like yearn for the different things are in there there wasn't like anything super cool it's like Mm -hmm. they're they're less like super cool spies like funded by the government more like assassins funded by just like radical third parties Mm -hmm. (laughs) in America and I think it also speaks to like their audience where they're like oh okay well there it's gonna be adults watching this you know we want to really amp up like the sex scenes and like that's where we're gonna put our money but I'm an adult watching this now and I'm like it could have done with a couple more cool props because we have like her handbag which turns into like a little like like repelling kit so she can go Mm -hmm. down the side but and then there were like a couple more but yeah nothing's making me like yearn for those gadgets like like spy kids or or even like the a recent one is like um spy with Melissa McCarthy Mm -hmm. um there there's a lot of like cool gadgets and cool little gadget scenes in that um when she's getting assigned her mission so yeah the gadget I wanted was Angelina Jolie's shampoo because she's taken that hair up and down and it looks incredible each time and there's no like I don't know if I leave my hair up in a bun it's gonna stay up and (laughs) oil down I don't know I don't know what she's using if it's dry shampoo if it's wet shampoo I don't know but (laughs) That has to be something spy related. Yeah. You think it's like, so normally when you have your hair up, like it has like the ridges in it from like being in a bun, but hers, she was in a Pantene commercial basically for like mm-hmm. the entirety of the film. Um, But yeah, with the voice activated thing for gadgets, I feel like even in 2005, I had like a voice activated like diary journal oh thing. God. 
right did you have one of those no oh well I had one I of had those like a like... key one because I was like old school yeah I think I think I had a key one that I'm pretty sure I graduated to a little like you pressed like a microphone or something and then maybe that maybe I'm completely making that up maybe that's absolutely not something that happened but I how, feel like it was how secure was it like <laughs> I mean, I didn't have any siblings, so, like, no one was trying to, like, actively, you know, break in or, like, decrypt. <laughs> At any sound, it opens. <laughs> yeah, if you just, like, pressed a button and made any noise. But, yeah, it was, like, a little digital thing, and then it, like, went open. But that could be a hallucination. I don't know. I'm starting to doubt myself, but I'm, I'm like, I'm, like, 50-50 that that did exist and that I did have one in the approximate time span of 2005 (laughs) I also I maybe we lost like the gadget um budget because of the cinematography like they were just randomly using drones everywhere like there's that part where they're talking about like whether Jane or whatever should marry John and there's this like random drone shot of like around the mountain that was really yeah. like it was like around the mountain and then we slowly zoom in on our characters mm-hmm. and it was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, they're like sorry, sorry props department, we can't come up with anything other than the handbag. Mm-hmm. We lost it out to the big drone. Which at that time drones were not as easily accessible <laughs> to the to the average consumer as they are now. So that was their big their big money spender. Um, I think another funny part is when you know Angelina goes out and she has on this like dominatrix outfit under her coat to snag some bad guy. And well, I guess that's another question. Do we think that they're killing bad people or do you think they kill like anyone? Like they're assassins for hire. I'm very I think they're assassins for hire. Okay. So they're killing... it sounded like for some of them they were like killing like witnesses or whatever before they're like allowed to witness. Oh, okay. Testify. Yeah. So maybe their 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 morality's a little bit shady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she has in this like dominatrix outfit killing Maybe a good, maybe a bad well, guy. Well, that guy, I think he was, like, giving guns to bad people. I think she oh, says that. Oh, yeah, she does say that. Okay, she clarified explicitly for us. <laughs> I think I think she I think she kills bad guys. Brad Pitt kills who <laughs> fucking ever. Brad Pitt's not even trying sometimes. He's just so reckless. They're but... like, do you want to hear what his crimes are? It doesn't matter. Brad's like, I literally... <laughs> could give a shit <laughs> he's like i have the like torpedo right here with me mm-hmm. um but yeah maybe that's the case maybe angelina is more morality and mission focused but she has on this like outfit and she kills this bad guy and then i like how like early 2000s sensibility it is because she is now going to this like house party with all the other like housewives and she has on like a new little dress and then she like sits down and reveals that she has like fishnet stockings on 
And I feel like if that were to happen a day, like no one would blink an eye. They'd be like, oh, did you get those at Shein? But apparently in 2005, they were like, this woman's a whore. <laughs> they were like, she is a whore. And she doesn't want to hold the baby. And she doesn't want to hold the baby. She's a harlot. She's a childless harlot. Get away from her. <laughs> like it was built into the into the movie as like this hilarious point when her fishnet stocking show. So I was like, oh, how times have changed because like literally I think no one would bat even the slightest eye <laughs> at fishnet stockings nowadays um, and I feel like fashion has become so much more well I mean like fast fashion is a whole other issue but it does lend itself to like every trend that you could think is available at all times and like basically I feel like if you could dress from like any time period and people would think that you're cool. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you can dress straight up like a grandpa. And people are like, oh, my God, vintage. where did you get that? Yeah, <laughs> it's vintage. Did you get it on Depop? Like, anything goes nowadays for fashion is the way that I feel. Like, much less restricted to to trends. Um, But, yeah, did you have any other thoughts or favorite or least favorite moments? No. Um, yeah, so overall, I think it's a funny funny movie um you know I don't think it's winning any awards or anything but mm -hmm. I do think it has a lot of good one-liners and is a good is a good comedy watch through and again very hot people like they're they're nice to look at so <laughs> what's what's the harm in watching a hour and a half long movie um I will say real quick before we dive into the remakes that um the new series seems to be taking this in a very interesting turn so from the three quarters of an episode that I watched a couple days ago it seems like the new premise for this is that um like the Jane and John Smith program is kind of like a system that this assassin spy corporation has set up to mm. like purposefully pair together like single oh. men and single women so it's an interesting premise I need something like that yeah so <laughs> if if you know hinge fails what what the new mr and, and health smith, insurance <laughs> what the new mr and mrs smith is suggesting is that if you don't like your job and you are single you should sign up to become an assassin because a marriage pact you will find both you know love and free health care <laughs> so it's it's all anyone in america could ever want um, but yeah, so super interesting um, kind of, you know, switch on that original premise because instead of it being two people who kind of kind of use each other as their cover kind of accidentally fell in love, discovering that they're spies, it's a setup. And I, I haven't gotten far enough into the series, but I like to think that you know, it's the same like spy corporations and they like formed a union or something. <laughs> and then they were like, hey, it worked out really well. For, for Brad and Angelina, what if we just, you know, set this up again and start matchmaking for people? Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I only got three quarters of the way into the episode. Um, it didn't like snag me right away. It's like something where I have like a lot of other shows that I want to watch and books that I want to read. So I kind of dropped the ball on it, but um, I may, it may pique my interest again. The first episode just didn't quite grab my attention enough. But yeah, that's kind of the premise. And then it's these two people that are paired together 
And it sounds like it's going to be a situation where they they like slowly fall in love. Um, but the the stakes seem a lot lower. They they are yeah. like they are new initiates into the 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 like spy program or whatever. But so far, their only task has been to like follow an old woman and like steal her Amazon package. Oh. <laughs> like she, the old woman is in is like involved in some sort of nefarious activity and she's like dropping making a drop with this box to someone bad but all they've done so far is like snatch a package from grandma and I'm like huh I'm like wow back in back in 2005 <laughs> multiple people would have been killed already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have been skilling down the side of the building but 2024 they're they're stealing Amazon packages and I did end the episode there, so I don't know what was inside of the package. Could have been something really important, but who knows? Only time will tell <laughs> for me specifically. Um, but all right, let's jump into our remakes. Um, I can start it off. So um, I don't know about you, but a couple months ago, I was getting fed just a lot of sister wives content on my for you page and I think it was because a new season of sister wives had dropped and there was all this back and forth drama about the sister wives no longer being sister wives because like all of them but one dumped Cody um but it really you know got my my brain thinking um what if we you know, reimagine Mr. and Mrs. Smith as Mr. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. Smith. Wow. Um, so, you know, I think we bring more people into this marriage as the Mormon God intended. And, um, you know, Mr. Smith is, is a provider, um, but Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. Smith, they are all also spies. So it makes it really awkward because, you know, like one time of this happening, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that's like a coincidence, right? But then it happening five times, that's just awkward. It's like, how could they possibly all be from different spy agencies? And then they they all in a similar situation realize at the same time while on a mission that everyone else is also a spy. Do and- all of the Mrs. know about the other Mrs.? Yeah, of course. Okay. They're, they're sister wives. They okay. have, you know, friendships. They raise their kids together. They die together. <laughs> they do everything. They kill, they murder, they raise their kids. Um, but I think in this scenario, you know, the stakes are just so much higher because it's not just two players now. It's like seven minimum mm-hmm. and they're all trying to kill each other. And then there's just an added layer of that, you know, subtle tension that goes through every sister wives family where you know that they're like friends but if it's in the portrayal of sister wives on TLC there is a lot of tension happening there there's a lot of competition happening with who's the favorite wife of the month so i think the stakes are even higher these women are even more pissed off and if they're anything like jane they're much more lethal than mr smith mm-hmm. so it, we're going to see just a, a lot of bloodshed in this reimagining. Um, another thing that we could do is we talked a little bit about the lack of props, but they did incorporate, you know, a lot of stuff into the home design behind me, as you can see um, itself. And, you know, we said that Jane like opens up the oven and there's all these like guns and tools and stuff in there. Um, John Smith has his entire like man cave garage out back. 
in the tool shed and has like a full room under there. So I would like to see like the behind the scenes of the contractors <laughs> that <laughs> that built the Smith home. And I like to imagine that they're they're just like regular contractors. The property they're, brothers. Yeah. It's 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 the property brothers. It is Chip and Joanna Gaines. And they're like no questions asked kind of people. Like it's like the guy on HGTV that did like move that bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, they come in and they help to rebuild the Smith home, which has been destroyed by like a gas leak explosion or whatever excuse they give. And, um, you know, they're asking them, like, is there anything that you want us to incorporate? You know, sometimes like the wives love like a walk in closet and they're like, yeah, I have some very specific plans for what needs to be incorporated. And they're like, wait, I thought we were going to like, we usually do themed rooms like centered around like whales or like cup stacking. (laughs) They're like, we can do like, um, you know, modern farmhouse. And they're like, no, no, no. We want like artillery room. (laughs) Um, Like, so like, like old school farmhouse. Yeah, they're they're like we're taking it back. Um, there are going to be many weapons and and heavy machinery involved. Um, so yeah, they're like, do you want a pool? And they're like, no, we want like a shooting range, <laughs> target practice. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see the contractors that built the original home and then helped to rebuild the the now destroyed house. Um, and then you know, like we talked about this framing device with the therapist. Um, I think that we should switch out the therapist with like another famous TV therapist. So I don't know if you ever watched Two and a Half Men, but Jane Lynch was the therapist on there for a while. So I feel like we could get Jane Lynch in there and I think she would just add like another dynamic. Isn't there a celebrity therapist in the TV show, at least in the um, trailers there is? It's like oh, either, I have no idea. It's either it's either Laura Dern or Sarah Paulson. I get really see. I can't so, remember who it is. It's some blonde. <laughs> see, I know. So they, I'm already I'm already tapped in, tuned in for what mm-hmm. um for what they're saying. But yeah, so another movie therapist is Jamie Lee Curtis and Freaky Friday. But yeah, replacing them with any famous therapist, I think we need. We need the voice and the face, the therapist. I thought to shine when you said through. famous therapist, I was like, oh, they're like, <laughs> like <Dr>. Freud. <laughs> yeah. So those are my remakes. What about you? Um, so I said um uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but it's John Smith who is famous from colonization. Mm-hmm. Um okay. and we take it all the way back. If we're already in Virginia, let's take it back. <laughs> Let's take it all the way so back. So he's in like Jamestown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's um, just got off the boat. Just got off the boat. Um, I mean, we can make it a little bit more historically accurate um, than like the film of Pocahontas, but you know, similar similar things. And I feel like I feel like John Smith in the 2005 has similar um, vibes as the colonizer John Smith. Um, in that, like, I feel like later on down the line they're going to like tell all these stories about all these women who like slept with them and like worshipped them and none of them are true Mm -hmm. I just feel like both of them have the similar vibe um like I feel like the John Smith in the 2005 would be an asshole that like he would be imprisoned on like the way over I just feel like they have similar vibes um 
So that could be interesting. Um, you know, he's kind of an assassin if you think about the, the, what is it? The, uh, disease, <laughs> disease <Yeah>. wise. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it works. Um, I was also thinking, um, uh, similar to you with like TLC, but instead of doing therapy, they decided to do wife swap. Um, and that new family is in for, um, a hell of a surprise. Um, the Jane is cooking in like rural Illinois for the very first time in her life. Um, and, uh, the new mom is confused how the hell the oven works and why there are guns. Um, so I think that could be fun, uh, just to give a little, little extra, oomph to it um they don't really learn anything about each other but I feel like they're very grateful to come back together in the end yeah where things make sense <laughs> it gives them perspective much mm-hmm. needed perspective <laughs> um and the other thing that I felt like was missing was like um like being hunted down by like an investigator with like a heavy past like his his wife was one of the people that was murdered and now he's investigating he's been investigating the smiths for years and he has a lot of motivation like a like a javert kind of type um i think that could be fun to kind of throw in the mix is that um mr and mrs smith are being hunted down by their agencies but also this like detective detective that have been on their trail for like years and then Mm -hmm. they have to make some kind of deal with them that's like you work with us and we'll get we'll all get the agency um because I feel like again we don't really know what happens in the end and I feel like working with maybe like a law enforcement uh could give it a little bit more of like a resolution in the end um but I don't know I just felt like there was like a I was missing like an angry british man with a mustache (laughs) that's like followed them across seas um i don't know that was kind of a vibe i thought was missing but yeah that's all i I have i like it all Um, right so i did want to say a few things um that i looked up um brad pitt and i think we've talked about him before but he attended kickapoo high school and i just thought um Kickapoo, and I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> Angelina Jolie, obviously, her father is John Voight, um, who's the dad from National Treasure, um, and he also owns uh, one American flag, and he can't make a video on Twitter without being right in front of it. <laughs> and he's a crazy Trump supporter, and um, but they were like mostly estranged, I think, um, since he left the family like before she was like even like a year old hmm. and I don't think they got like reconciled um until her mother died um which I think maybe like 2007 or something like that um but I don't know what they're like now I mean I wouldn't re- reconcile with him now <laughs> personally um but you know teach their own um her uncle is Chip Taylor who wrote the song Wild Thing um, like the wild thing, you make my heart sing, you make everything groovy. You know oh. that one? I don't know if I know it, but yeah. I'm um her godmother that. is British actress Jacqueline Bissett, 
who has been in all kinds of things. So like she was in that, um, the original, well, I don't know if it was the original, but the seventies murder on the Orient Express. Mm. Um, she was an airport, a bunch of things. And her godfather was Maximilian, Maximilian Schell, who was a Swiss actor. He won an Oscar for Judgment at Nuremberg and a Golden Globe for the TV series Stalin. Oh. Yeah, so that's where she comes from. And then um, Carrie Washington was Phi Beta Kappa. Those are <laughs> Shout <all> out. <laughs> so, um, Brooke, what have you been watching lately? I haven't been watching too much. Um, let's see. I watched the uh, 2002 uh, live action Scooby-Doo, um, which <gasps> is a fan favorite. <laughs> that um, used to be... Um, I used to watch it like every single day <laughs> and um when I like started having insomnia as a child my parents were like just my dad was like put on a movie in your head like that was all the advice instead of like that was all I mean like I had anxiety like very violent anxiety and that was basically the only advice I ever got instead of like <laughs> go to a therapist it was like put a movie on in your put head. a movie on um, <laughs> um but that was the movie that I put on in my head every night. And so I know it like frame by frame <laughs> in my memory. Wow. But please continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun um, mm-hmm. and disturbing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, the reason that I watched that was because... Um, there has to be a reason? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I watch it for fun, but this one was, I was on a mission because... <laughs> um, my childhood friend group, uh, we don't get to see each other all together often, usually like once a year. So we are seeing each other in a couple weeks and we really wanted to do one of those, like, I think they call them like fork and film where, um, they have like actual establishments, like restaurants that will play a movie. And then anytime like a food item, um, is served they like either recreate that uh, or come up with like a meal kind of inspired by whatever's being served on screen and now people on TikTok have kind of taken to just do it like doing it themselves so I watched like one girl's TikTok who watched the princess diaries and then she was making like the Genovian dinner when they have like that icy kind of green mint looking thing and like cutting like the grapes and like all that stuff. So it's just kind of fun to like eat along with the movie. So we were trying to figure out what was a good one. And I suggested Scooby-Doo because like Scooby and Shaggy eat like a lot of stuff, but it's kind of like normal, easy to either order out or like make ourselves like sandwiches and like pizza and stuff like that. So I was watching it and then like writing down timestamps for when we would want to bring like different uh, different meals out. Um, so yeah, it kind of like started off with a bang because the first like item that served is like a chocolate covered eggplant baguette <laughs> is how he says it. So I don't know that we're actually going to we're going to do that. We might skip that one, be a little less faithful to the fork and film. But um, yeah, Scooby-Doo is iconic. I really want the spooky island skull disco ball um which i feel like people on twitter like also talk about a lot so if i were to ever have a an hg tv dream home redo i'd be like make this one look like the scooby-doo you <laughs> live make, action like, sugar skulls. yeah something like that um 
but yeah, so that was why I watched that one. Then I watched the 2016 film, The Fifth Wave, which was never like my favorite. I never read the book, um, watched the movie when it came out. And even then it wasn't one of my favorite like YA dystopian movies. Um, And then upon rewatch, there are a tremendous amount of plot holes. Like I didn't even realize that at the end, um, the, the guy that is like a sleeper agent alien he just doesn't like come back at the end. Like it's unknown whether or not he like died during the explosions. And I like never remembered that, but it's kind of interesting. Like you're rooting for him and um, Chloe Grace Moretz to be a couple, but then her and the character named like zombie is like her high school crush. So I don't know. I feel like it is fulfilling fantasies of like anytime I was reading those YA dystopia novels and like, eighth grade I would picture like my eighth grade crush also being there in the apocalypse so like what a what a fulfilling fantasy for for that movie they really made it play out um then I saw the new movie Argyle in theaters um which what an interesting viewing experience um I think it's the same director as Kingsman which I do really enjoy uh, that series and definitely like a similar style in terms of filmmaking. Um, My biggest issue is that the first half of this movie was like so funny because again, it's like a spy movie and it's one of the spy movies where, um, you know, it's marketed as like this spy novelist who, you know, doesn't leave her house, is like afraid of the world, gets on like a train to go home and visit her mom and dad when she's suddenly like thrust into this world of an actual spy and like guns are going off around her and she has no idea what to do and she's like clumsy and scared. And that's where like all the humor builds off of and it's like so funny. And I love movies like that because I'm just like imagining myself in that situation and she has like her cat named Alfie and he's in like a little cat backpack with like the little see-through globe on the front and there's a couple of scenes that I just thought were hilarious and one of them was like she doesn't want to jump off of this tall building because she's scared and so the spy that she's with that's trying to like save her life like grabs Alfie out of the backpack and he's like well you gotta go get Alfie and he like throws Alfie off building and I was like I that is absolutely one of the few ways that you could motivate me to do something incredibly stupid and dangerous as if you threw like one of my like pet rabbits bagel and parsley off of a building like no questions asked before they were like even to like midair I'd be like diving off after them and they are very fragile creatures so they would not survive the impact but i would i would take my chances <laughs> so it was very funny and then not to i don't know do you want to hear a spoiler or do you want to Well the keep thing it- is is that so what what i was going to say is that the marketing was cool for this movie but also super clumsy where like it was interesting in the way that it was like a pen name and the book version of the movie came out in January um so it was like books are never like coming out like the month before the movie adaptation so it was like who who wrote this thing what connections do they have and all this stuff but when they announced the project on like deadline or whatever wherever they announced it 
they were like she's blah 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 who has had this happen to her and it like gave away the entire twist Mm -hmm. when they announced the movie which is like kind of defeats the whole purpose yeah I will say that I this movie was not marketed to me at all so I was really yeah I had like everyone had seen the trailer no I literally had not been shown the trailer like nothing had been marketing to me I do Do you live in a convent no, I just my my ads are like very much not film based. I I almost never get film or new TV ads at all shown to me. So the only thing that I knew about this movie because I hadn't seen the trailer, I do follow like a lot of film Twitter people. So everyone was talking about like the real Agent Argyle was like everything they were mm-hmm. tweeting about that. But I was like, I'm not investigating into that any further. And then like. This was one of the only movies that looked good um, that was playing near us this weekend. So, yeah, I went into it blind, but even still going into it blind, the twist was not satisfying, in my opinion, because spoiler alert for other people that weren't served ads for this movie, um, like it goes from her being clueless to her like then actually being a spy but she's just lost her memory and then mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara who is kind of just playing Moira from Schitt's Creek is um like some sort of mad doctor scientist that has like hypnotized her and also made her a sleeper agent but the twist like twisted upon itself so many different times that the end goal of like what they were even trying to like get to like save the world became like completely like not essential like it just became like completely unimportant and they had so many twists and turns that it made it just so hard to follow and understand and so then we went off into like a world of just total like whimsy and camp and there were a lot of like funny moments that played off of that like it kind of leaned more into the romantic relationship and it became just like absolute ridiculousness. Like they they very much were aware of the fact that they were no longer trying to be serious in any way. So I don't mind that kind of movie. I think that it was just very jarring from having like kind of a normal spy flick in the beginning and then going so ridiculous where like there are no rules anymore. Plot lines don't matter. Nothing matters. Like the the rules that govern like our physical world no longer apply I'm there. That's okay. Like, that's fine. And I can, I can like a movie like that too. I think just the, the transition from not being like that at all to like full send in the last like hour. And another thing that I think hurt it was its runtime. It was like almost three hours long. I'm pretty sure Mm. or two and a half. So what is this trend? Why do we need anything that like make make a limited series? And, and like I've said before, like I, I'm a fan of a long movie. Like I love a long movie, but when it's not motivated by anything, like it just I just think it's so weird that like we have this whole platform of like TikTok videos that are like, it's better to do it under a minute. And then for some reason, because it's like, and then there are all these studies that are like, people's attention spans are going shorter and then our movies are getting longer I don't know I feel like there's like a random lack aware of awareness there but whatever yeah I don't know but yeah so overall thoughts on Argyle it was like funny I think 
I'll have to maybe give it another watch once I've recovered. <laughs> um, but yeah, just didn't quite work for me. Maybe I just need to give it a couple more chances. Oh, and then there was a post-credit scene that made absolutely no sense. I think they were kind of relying on people receiving the, those marketing because then it kind of turned into like the book version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but having not been fed any of that marketing, I was I was perplexed. Yeah, um, and then there, but, there are all the, the like theories also that it was like Taylor Swift who had written it, um, but I don't think it was, but I think it was mainly like the speculation that hmm. made it like big in its buzz. Yeah. You never heard about any of this? No, not oh literally God. not a single, <laughs> not a single thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the last thing I watched, I finished the first season of um good omens which Mm. has been i think it's like a couple years old now 2019 um and i have been watching like one episode like once a month (laughs) for like the last like eight months with my roommate um but we finally finished it and it was so good um i i love uh what's his name uh david David Tennant, tennant which i had never watched like doctor who or anything and I only knew him from like Harry Potter. <laughs> um, but he is like a phenomenal actor. Um, Michael Sheen as well. And the the last like episode was like surprisingly like touching in a way. And mm-hmm. it just ended like really, really well. And for like I've talked about it before, like being someone that's not like particularly religious and didn't grow up like knowing any of just like the historical basic facts about like Christianity. It was like an interesting watch through <laughs> and an interesting perspective on on Christianity. But yeah, really, really liked it. Highly recommend. Um, unfortunately, like the way that Prime is set up, I somehow like started watching the first episode of season one and then like a week later watched the second episode of season two and thought that they were like thought that they were the same season. So I was like, wow, this is really like disjointed storytelling and but I had only been one episode in so I was like wow I guess it's just not like a linear kind of story I think it's like episodic and then I think I watched the third episode of season two and then I was wait I was like wait something's wrong (laughs) like we're not we're not adding up John Hamm is in it um too which you feel like John Hamm is British but he's not (laughs) like it feels like why is he here with this British cast but um, he does a good job too. So yeah, that's everything that I've been watching. What about you? Oh, and I've been reading Percy Jackson continued from last week and hit a bit of a snag because I moved on to the um, Heroes of Olympus uh, series and they no longer have an audiobook for the second uh, second one in that series, Son of Neptune. It's been like literally wiped from the face of the internet and Mario is sending me like Reddit threads on how to like change my country into like UK and like I don't know somehow figure out a way to to get around it but it's been totally white change change your what VPN not change your country you don't need to change your allegiance (laughs) I have to become a UK citizen and then flee the country you're looking for a husband to marry into I need to do a 90 day fiance situation. Um, but I don't have a VPN and I'm not like gonna buy like Nord VPN or like Surfshark or whatever. 
Um, but people are like suggesting all these workarounds, but I just ended up getting the book. So I've listened to the entire thing on audiobooks so far. So this is the only one that I've been physically reading. I offered Um, you the YouTube videos, but you did not like the amateurs. The the amateur readings are horrible. Like click on one and you will immediately click off. So I'm working my way through that one. But yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Maria? Um, I saw, uh, we started Loki season two, um, which is, is that new or old? I mean, it came out a while ago. I feel like it came out like mid 2023 or like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe like August, 2023 or something. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really remember what happened in the first season and like, it's like, time is like an illusion and there are different like sections and different like multiverse and stuff and it's just like very very confusing um so I'm really not entirely sure about what's happening um so maybe I just need to go back to season one but I don't remember that making like too much sense either (laughs) um the only like kind of like beacon of light is uh I think it's his name is Kihoi Kwan um that actor um he's just like so fun in anything he does and I like seeing him in things so he plays like basically himself um (laughs) I think or at least what I can understand about his personality of like very optimistic and like quirky and cute um so love that um so we'll see if we continue it's like my family wanted to watch that so we'll see if we continue um but um I noticed that uh Sophia Martino, who plays the lady Loki she's dating Will Sharp from White Lotus um who I don't know if you've seen like, White Lotus but Mm-mm. he's like the characters dating Audrey Plaza in that show and um Aubrey Plaza's character and I just think that's interesting I did not make that connection of like I don't know, show-to-show relationships. Um, I also didn't realize that Owen Wilson was, like, roommates with Wes Anderson um, in college, which I thought Mm. was, like, interesting. So, I don't know. Is that a Nepo baby? I don't know. Um, And then I've been watching, or I just finished The Professionals, um, which is, like, it's a a Swedish show um, that was originally Swedish on Viaplay or Viaplay. I don't know how you say it. And then it was like acquired by the CW. And now it's all on Amazon on like Freebie or whatever. Um, So I watched all of that and it was really horrible. Um, It's like everyone is like a Swedish or like a South African um, like accent except for Tom Welling and Brendan Fraser um and like it's weird because like their family is all like Swedish (laughs) in the show for no reason um and like the writing is just really awful um I think they're like trying to write for like American audiences but they're not fully understanding things like there's one character his name is Danny and 
his acting is really bad and he's always like holding a gun really like like he's never held a gun before and he's like a kid brother so he reminds me of Danny from The Room and that's what I think every time he comes on on camera but he's like I have to go Swan's daughter has been vibing me all night <laughs> and like they have like I think they're trying to also like make it into a sitcom so it's like an action so basically what happens is um peter swan who is brendan fraser um his like family owns this like big corporation and he's met this like random german woman um it's like it's like brendan fraser tom walling are like the big main cast members and then they got like every Swedish person who was in Wonder Woman um, because it's uh, like, or I think she's German or whatever, but she's like the Dr. Poison in Wonder Woman. And then they have one of the Amazons and then they have um, like Samir, I think, who is like one of like Chris Pine's friends that they, they bring in. But it, basically, so the Swan Corporation is trying to stop all future pandemics. So I don't know if it was like, inspired by COVID or if it's just like a horrible coincidence um but somehow they're doing it via a rocket um which I don't understand how that works they're like we're gonna shoot a rocket and then it'll tell us where there is disease and then we'll send them medicine but I don't understand how a rocket does that but whatever um but then someone shoots down the rocket and so um so Brendan Fraser's random German girlfriend happens to have an ex-boyfriend who runs like a, a team of ex-military turned private security and they go on all these like adventures and his sister's like trying to kill them and trying to take over the corporation and there's all this stuff and but it's also like trying to be a sitcom and so like when they're like about to die in like Africa there will be like this like like little like joyful music um and it's so stupid and they have like these like stupid lines where they're like literally in the middle of combat um half of the team has been kidnapped by mob bosses with machine guns and this one guy is like to tom welling's character he's like what's the plan for engagement and he's like get a get some flowers go to a fancy restaurant but make sure it's quiet because she's gonna want to hear all of those romantic words you're saying and he's like no 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 the plan for engagement for the attack not a romantic engagement <laughs> it's like why are we having this conversation um so it's really not great and doesn't make a lot of sense and the acting is awful and everything is awful but I watched it um and it has um it also has this guy named August Wittgenstein who is actually um the prince of Saint Wittgenstein Berleberg which is like a he's like a German prince who is now mm -hmm. acting um and you just you think he could have done better um I don't know I think he was also in the crown so I guess like maybe things got better and mm -hmm. Brendan Fraser obviously things got better um but it's just very interesting that you chose this life instead of being a prince um so I thought that was interesting but yeah that's what I've been watching um right. 
Brooke, where can they can they find you on social media? You can find me at B underscore Reese Cup on Instagram. Maria, where can they find you and the pod? They can find me at Maria Schwarz everywhere and at Remake Hot Take everywhere. And now um, we have all our audio back on TikTok because Universal Music uh, wanted to kill us and they almost got away with it. So <laughs> if it weren't for your damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for watching. Don't join any assassin groups unless you want free healthcare and maybe a new boyfriend. (laughs) Yay. Bye. Bye.